Let's hear from the Word of the Lord in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. God's Word says, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He came near the house. He heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving away for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. May God bless the reading of his word. It's my privilege today to introduce our guest speaker today. His name is uh, Dr. Joshua Bojanjoko, and uh, I've known him uh, for a number of years. Uh, Dr. Joshua is the international director of SIM, and uh, that was the mission that Lydia and I were serving with, and Lydia continues to, uh, to be with. And so our church has a connection as they support the work of SIM. They have, we have a connection here uh, to, uh, to SIM and with Dr. Joshua. So we're glad to have him here with us today. And it's very interesting to have him uh, uh, here with us and for him as the international director of SIM because SIM uh, goes back a, a number of years to 1893 was the founding of, of SIM. And it's got a Canadian connection uh, there were uh, three men who went to uh, to Nigeria, and at the time it was Sudan. It was called the Sudan, and they were going to the interior. So the work had begun on, on the coast of Nigeria, but they had a vision to go into the interior. Uh, and so it was Sudan Interior Mission. 
And there were three men uh, who, uh, who went, uh, two Canadians, a fellow by the name of Roland Bingham and Walter Gowans, and then an American by the name of Thomas Kent. Uh, Walter Gowans and Thomas Kent made it about a year, and they gave their life for the Lord in Nigeria. It was a tough go. Roland Bingham survived, but uh, he couldn't sustain the work there. His health was too fragile, and so he came back to Canada and recruited others. And so that was the founding of the, of the mission back in 1893. Uh, Joshua comes along, a product of the work of those missionaries. Joshua is from Nigeria. And he was, uh, he was, he's a medical doctor, uh, was uh, trained in Nigeria, and then went to uh, Niger, served as a missionary there. And about 120 years after the founding of uh, the mission of SIM, uh, Dr. Joshua became the international director of SIM. So it's an interesting circle uh, here uh, between Canada, Nigeria, and years and years of uh, ministry of SIM. So we're glad to have him here with us and uh, uh, just to share God's word with us this morning. And so I invite Joshua to come and to share with us. And let me just pray for you. Father, thank you for Joshua and thank you for his uh, willingness to serve and his commitment to you. And Lord, I pray your blessing on him uh, now as he speaks to us. Uh, may you give him the words to say to minister to our hearts and give us ears to hear what you have to say to us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Gilbert. Good morning. It's a wonderful privilege for me to be here together with... Uh, my wife, Joanna, and uh, we both served in a, with SIM, as you have already heard. And uh, it's a real privilege to spend this time with uh, Gilbert and Lydia, uh, people who have been colleagues of ours in SIM and continue to be. And thank you also for your support of SIM as you support uh, this couple who are really special to us in SIM. Uh, thank you for supporting the work of the Lord around the world. This morning, we're going to just spend some time in the Word of God, uh, reflecting together on this uh, story that Jesus told um, in, the, in the course of his ministry uh, from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 15. Um, you realize, in this narrative, Jesus was actually in, uh, was in a conversation with a group of Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and so on. And if you go to the beginning of that chapter, you find the kind of context for this story. Now, I have titled this message, The Lost Sons and the Father's Heart. Uh, in your Bible, perhaps, some of you will have the title on that story, The Prodigal Son. And that's the common uh, kind of uh, title for this chapter, or for this section of that chapter. It's often called The Prodigal Son, the story of the prodigal son. Actually, there are three stories of the lost in that particular chapter of the book of Luke. There was the story of the lost coins, the lost sheep, and then the story of this son or sons. And it's often referred to as the prodigal son rather than the lost son. And you kind of ask yourself, what changed? Why isn't that a lost one as well? Because it looks like the other two are stories of the lost. Uh, this morning we're going to reflect on this uh, this truth in this scripture. The scripture has been read for us. I won't, have to, I won't read it again. But I will just read Luke 15 uh, verses 1 to 3. 
And if you don't mind, I will just say a word of prayer again. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, Let me pray. Father, thank you again for this morning. Thank you for your word. Father, I ask now that you will speak into our hearts, Lord. I pray that our hearts will resonate with yours. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take these next few minutes and reach out to each one of us, using this narrative from your word to identify where we are with you and what we ought to be doing as a result. So thank you, Father, for this moment. Thank you for this morning. We praise you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. The context of this story is the tax collectors and sinners were coming to Jesus. So this was in the course of Jesus' ministry. And the tax collectors and the sinners were coming to him and listening to him. Um, Normally, you will expect that the religious leaders should be excited that somehow Jesus was reaching the sinners. Like, the sinners were coming to listen to Jesus. Perhaps something was going to change. But that wasn't the, the case here. We read in verse 2 that both the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders, began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. They just couldn't understand why Jesus would spend time with sinners. I mean, why would Jesus want to spend time with prostitutes and with, uh, you know, all the people who do all the bad things in the city, you know, the drug dealers and all the wrong kind of people, the kind of people we don't even want in our church. Why will Jesus, who's supposed to be a prophet, spend time with them? So they grumbled. And so Jesus told a series of stories, a series of parables. The first one is the parable of the lost sheep, and we're not going to spend time on that. But just to say that that was kind of the introductory one, where the lost sheep, the, the, the farmer had lost his sheep, and Jesus told them that this uh, shepherd who lost one sheep will leave the remaining 99 and go and look for that one sheep that was lost. And then he told them the parable of the lost coin, a woman carrying these 10 coins and lost one of them. It is said that those coins are really significant because some people th- think they are the kind of a set of dowries, a set of coins that, that represent a dowry. It's like you losing your, your, your wedding ring, more or less. And that you, you will sweep the house, you will search until they find. Each of these cases, they were going to search until they find. The lost sheep, they were going to search until they found that sheep. And the lost coin, they were going to clean out the house until they find this lost coin. And then Jesus came to the story of the lost son. I call him the lost son. In verse 11, where it's been read for us, a man had two sons. And the younger one of them said to the father, Give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the young man gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now, remember the people that were listening to Jesus. 
These were religious people. These were the holy people. These were the, the right people. These were the people who kept the law. These were the people who were guardians of, of everything that was supposed to be religious, everything that was supposed to be right. And Jesus was telling them a story. And in a Jewish context, he was telling a story of a son who gathered his things and left home. But remember where Jesus started. A man had two sons. Okay, anyone can identify with that. But the younger man, one, said to the father, Give me the inheritance that belongs to me. A title that the son who was lost to his father's house, shaming dad at home. See, I want you to get a picture of what was going on. I don't know if in your context, in your culture, you can divide an inheritance before a person dies. But in the culture that I come from, you do not divide inheritance until the person is dead. You do not share the inheritance of a father while the father was still alive. So you get the picture here. Literally, this son was like saying to the father that... I wish you were dead because I need to get that piece of land that belongs to me. I need to get the inheritance that belongs to me. Almost like basically considering the father a dead man. Because taking his inheritance basically means that that father is dead to him. He has taken his portion of his, his inheritance. That is basically... In a, in a cultural understanding, that was what the son was saying to the father. Give me the inheritance that belongs to me. Wow. But it takes courage to say that. But you will understand also that in reality, that son was dishonoring his father. To turn to a father that was living and say, give me an inheritance. Your property that belongs to me is to dishonor a father that was still alive. But the father didn't fight him. The father gave him what he asked. And then the Bible tells us that he took off, took everything he had. And he went to a distant country. But he squandered everything on loose living. He wasted his inheritance. How often we see that story in the world today. People waste that which they didn't work for. It's very common in the, in the US. They do all this lottery. And it's known that people who win lottery are in worse poverty just a few years after they win thousands of dollars. Because they often waste that which they did not work for. So this son went out. And wasted his father's wealth. He shamed his father. He dishonored his father to get his portion of this inheritance. And then he took off. And his father dishonored that father. As he wasted all that that father has worked for all his life. Remember, the, the resources just wasted was not the one he worked for. It was the portion of the inheritance from his father. So, 
Jesus was telling this to the righteous people. Can you imagine what the Pharisees were thinking? Goodness, what kind of a son is that? He deserved to be cursed. You know, the Pharisees were listening to the worst of the human nature. Not only that, the story didn't end there. We understand that now, when that was spent, the money was gone, a severe famine occurred in the country, and it began to be improvised. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed, to feed swine. Again, remember, I'm talking to Jewish people, Jewish religious leaders. Jesus was saying to this man, this son, after dishonoring his father, after wasting all the resources, in riotous, wasteful living, now that he ran out and there was famine, he went and hired himself to a man that was keeping pigs. I can imagine the Pharisees thinking of Deuteronomy and all the Old Testament law that prohibits the eating or even coming in contact with unclean animals. One of which is swine. And this son hired, hired himself to a person that was keeping swine. Not only that, he actually was the one keeping the swine. Doesn't get any worse than that. For a Jew, you couldn't be in a worse place. But it did get worse. Because the Bible tells us in verse 16, and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating and no one was giving him anything. Wow. He wasn't just keeping the swine. He was willing to have a taste of what pigs were feeding on. How can that kind of a guy come back to church? No. For the Pharisees, that guy was gone too far. For the Pharisees, their son had gone too far. He had crossed every line that any human being could have ever crossed as a Jew. As a son, as a father. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough to eat? How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? And I'm dying here with hunger. You see, this son started out with a lustful heart. He lusted after the father's wealth. He went out of his way to dishonor his father. He went out out of his way to put the father to shame. He demanded his portion of the father's inheritance. He went out of his way to waste that money, all the resources, the father had worked for. He went out of his way to attach himself to a man who was keeping swine. He went out of his way to start feeding pigs. And now, he wanted to come back. He said, I will get up, verse 18, 
And I would go to my father and say to him, Father, he he has a God to call this man Father. He has the God to call him Father. And he said, I would go to him and say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Of course it's not. Make me as one of your hired men. This is what repentance is about. See, this son finally came to his senses. That's exactly how the Bible put it. He came to his senses. He recognized that he was lost. He was lost to his father's house. He recognized that he had dishonored his father. He recognized that, in fact, he had treated his father as if this father was dead to him. And he said, for all I have done, I should not be called the son of this father. But perhaps, he will give me a job. Perhaps, I can get a job as a hired servant. As far as he was concerned, all he was worth, all that was left that he was worth, was a hired hand in his father's house. Because he had shamed his father and he has wasted the father's resources. What happened? A father's heart to that a father's heart. A father's heart that never gave up on his son. In verse 20, so he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. This son was dead. Has come to life again. He was lost has been found, and they began to celebrate. You see, this son did not just consider the father dead. The father recognized that in fact, this son had considered himself dead to the father as well. This son was dead. This son was lost. This son was separated. This son was condemned. This son was no longer a part of this family. But the father saw him afar off. Why would the father see him afar off? Because the father had never ceased to seek this son. Just like the shepherd sought the sheep and the woman sought the coin this father had never ceased to seek this lost son. His heart never gave up on his son. 
Remember the people that Jesus was talking with. The Pharisees and the scribes. The Father, our Father in heaven, never give up on any of us. He never give up. He looks out. I don't know for you what it is like in your culture. That in the culture where I come from, and in this context, in the culture in which Jesus was telling this story, fathers don't run to their children, children run to their father. When I was growing up, when my father traveled and he's coming home, and I see him afar off, I am on my feet running to welcome my dad. And now, it's the same for me. When I get home, my children run to me. But in this story, it is the father that was running. It is the father whose heart has been seeking that was running. Running to a lost son. Running to a dead son. Running to a son that disgraced him, shamed him, dishonored him. Wow. But he ran because his heart was seeking his lost son. A father's heart. And the father began to celebrate. He began to celebrate. But the story didn't end there. Because there was another brother. See, remember Jesus told them at the beginning, this man had two sons. The younger one took everything and left. But there was the older brother. What happened to the older brother? The Bible tells us from verse 25 that the older son was in the field and he came and approached the house. He had music and dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and said, Hey, what is going on? What's going on? And he told him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. It almost appeared like the, the calf was more painful to the servants than anything else. Because there were many things that were going on. It was the calf that they mentioned. Your, your father killed the fattened calf. And the son was angry. He became angry, verse 28. And was not willing to go in. And the father had to run out a second time. He ran out to the younger son who was dead. And he had to run out to the older brother who was just as lost. See, because this older brother had something to say to his father. He said in verse 29, look. For so many years I have been serving you and I have never neglected the commander of yours and yet I have never given me, you have never given me a goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, of course a wasteful son who has devoured your wealth and pro- with prostitutes, you killed the fattened cow for him. The father said, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we have to celebrate and rejoice. For his brother of yours was dead and begun to live and was lost and be found. You didn't give me even the baby of a goat for my friends. And you killed the fattened cow for this wasteful son of yours. You realize he didn't call that man his brother. He didn't say, you did this for my brother. He said, you did this for your 
See, both of these children were lost. This is the lost brother, the son who was lost to the father's heart. Bringing shame on the father. By forcing the father to leave the guests and run out to plead with him. Can you imagine what was going on? Can you imagine what the guests were thinking when this father had to leave the guests because his older son will not come in? Both of these children were lost. The one was lost to the father's house. The other was lost to the father's heart. This longing heart for the lost and dead son, this older brother never even felt it. Never even sensed it. As far as he was concerned, what was more important to him was what he was earning with his service to his father. I have served you. I've never disobeyed you. I've never do this. You didn't even give me anything for my friends. I deserve more than you are giving to me. I deserve more than you are paying me. And you are giving everything to this your lost son. And the father said to him, everything that I have is yours. Isn't that true? Of course it was true. The younger son had taken a portion of the father's wealth and gone. Everything belongs to the older brother. Does he even need to be given anything? Probably not. But his heart was in the wrong place. Jesus was telling this story to the Pharisees and the scribes. He was telling this story to the religious leaders. Of course, all of us know who the first son was. The tax collectors, the sinners, the lost people. The people, the kind of people we don't want to associate with. But the second brother of course, the second brother represents the very people that Jesus was talking to. The very righteous ones who never do anything wrong, who deserve everything that God will give them because they have left, lived a good life. But they were just as lost as the first son. The father celebrated the return of his son. But the brother never celebrated. In fact, the end of this story has more to tell us than the beginning. Because this is one story without a resolution. This narrative was never resolved because that son never came in. As far as the story was concerned, it it was never recorded that that son came in. Just like the Pharisees and the scribes. A repentant son who had considered his father dead could come in and celebrate. But a religious son who considered that he was doing everything right and end is any the favor of the father never came in to celebrate. I don't know which of those groups you belong. Whether you are the one who needs something to settle with God in repentance. Who needs to say, God, I do not deserve your favor. I am a sinner. Like the song we sang, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. You will not despise. 
or whether you are the one who feels you are doing everything right, you deserve God's favor. Whichever position you belong, the one is just as lost as the other one. Because we have lost touch with the Father's heart. The Father's heart is a heart of compassion that we welcome the sinner. It's also the heart of compassion that we make us, those of us who feel that we are walking with Jesus, we know Jesus, we love Jesus, step out there and seek the lost. That's what this story was about. The people that were supposed to seek the lost were the ones complaining about the sinner. And we are good at doing that, aren't we? We know all that was wrong with our society and all that was wrong with all the people we meet. But are we are good at seeking them for Jesus. God desires that the sinners and tax collectors we come to know and enjoy him. Someone like the shepherd and the woman ought to seek for the lost. But they didn't. Just as this son was totally lost to the father's heart, so were the Pharisees and scribes lost to the loving and seeking heart of God. One son was lost to the father's house and brought shame on the father at home. The other was lost to the father's heart and brought shame on the father in public. The father had to leave the guests at home and go after him. Each one made the father run. Making God run. How often are you making God run to you? Instead of running to God. One departed from the father's presence. The other departed from the father's longing. One needed restoration from his own foolishness. The other needed redemption from his own works. One recognizes his emptiness. The other sees the father owing him something. Instead of being owner of everything that the father has to offer. One returned seeking forgiveness and mercy based on grace. The other one wanted what he deserved, compensation based on work. Both sons shamed the father, and yet the father ran out to meet these wayward sons. We shame God by our lives, choices, and actions, and yet he took the step to come and embrace us in Jesus Christ. Think of those who are being complained about. Are we lost to the Father's heart? Do we truly have a heart for the Father? This is the only part of this parable with no one to search diligently for that which was lost. Are we the older brother or the younger brother? A contrite spirit and a broken heart, he will not despise. Are we lost to the Father while we resonating with the seeking heart let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you because each one of us has a role in seeking you. I ask now, Father, that you will do a special work in each of our hearts, that we may know where we stand with you, and we may seek you with all our hearts, Lord. The loving heart of the Father. In Jesus' name, Amen.